This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Jump in the lake. Exclusive video as a family flees the flames by diving into the freezing water. And is it dangerous to breathe this air? As much as possible, stay inside. Then... What was he thinking? Why in the world would President Trump sit down for 18 interviews with Bob Woodward? Why in the world would he do that? He thought he could outmaneuver Bob Woodward. And epic game one, the big changes and no cheerleaders. Plus, quarantined in their dorm rooms. This is where I'm quarantining. What's it really like inside a campus COVID-19 lockdown? You can order online from the dining hall. Then, restaurant owners up in arms. Are they happy that limited indoor dining is finally back? No. no. And death trap one year later. Bitty, bitty, bitty. 34 victims trapped inside a boat as it bursts into flames. Exclusive, the heartbroken family's determination to find out what happened and the treasured love letter they found in the wreckage. It is so incredible. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Wildfires continue to burn out of control along the West Coast, where the skies are a constant, eerie orange glow. And this family might have been among those who've lost their lives had they not jumped into a lake to save themselves. They are harrowing moments as panicked families dove into a freezing lake to save themselves from the flames. I was wrapping my daughter like this and just dunking her in and dunking her out. We just all huddled together in the water. They're holding on to the tops of ice chests that that the guys ripped off um, to try to as a flotation device. Rebecca Crouch and Cindy Drake and 12 friends and family members were camping in Northern California when the wildfire closed in. We both drove back into camp and we just said, everybody clear out, let's go. Come on, babe, go, 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 babe, go! A convoy drove to Mammoth Pool Reservoir about 10 minutes away. At least 200 people are camping there and everybody's scrambling in their vehicles to go on one road. But when they got to the lake, they found themselves trapped. Flames surrounded them. Embers rained down. There was no place to seek shelter but in the water. The guys are just like, get in the water, get in the water, get in the water. The water was was cold and we were all shivering. It was a firestorm. There's no way other than that to describe it. Their ordeal lasted 10 long hours until National Guard helicopters came to their rescue. Everybody was cheering and yelling and and flashing lights to get their attention and because we didn't know if they knew we were there or not. Those pilots, they they really did risk their life um, 
for us. Wildfires continue to consume whole communities across California, Oregon, and Washington. This is the Golden Gate Bridge in the middle of the day, the sky glowing orange. As the drone rises higher, the city of Oakland actually disappears. The fires are making the air unbreathable, and millions have been warned to stay indoors. Cron TV meteorologist John Schrabel. As much as possible, stay inside, really for the rest of the week. Avoid exposure to this harmful air. If you have AC, make sure to set it to recirculate. You don't want that bad air getting inside. In California alone, more than 14,000 firefighters are busy battling the flames. Other news today, explosive reaction to the new book about President Trump by respected journalist Bob Woodward. And many are wondering why the president spoke with him. All of the quotes are sparking comment, but especially what the president said about COVID-19. The president's most loyal supporters are baffled. Why on earth did he speak to Bob Woodward and also allow himself to be taped as he admitted he was being less than truthful about the pandemic? I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. I was first surprised that you spoke to him. The president called Sean Hannity last night and tried to explain why he cooperated with Woodward's book, Rage. I didn't participate in his last one, and he does hit jobs with everybody. He even did it on Obama. Constant hit jobs. So I figured, you know, let's just give it a little shot. I'll speak to him. It wasn't a big deal. Sounds like it's not going to be good. Every president does a Bob Woodward book and gives him plenty of interviews and then later comes to regret it and this is probably one of those instances. We're learning today that Woodward's access to the president was unprecedented. They spoke 18 times from last December to just a few weeks ago in July. Trump even gave the famed Watergate reporter his personal cell phone number. He thought he could outmaneuver Bob Woodward. Why in the world would he do that? Trump ally Tucker Carlson is pointing the finger at Senator Lindsey Graham. It was Lindsey Graham who helped convince Donald Trump to talk to Bob Woodward. Lindsey Graham brokered that meeting. Lindsey Graham even sat in on the first interview between Bob Woodward and the president. Today, the president is having a serious case of regret. He's calling the book boring and a political hit job by rapidly fading Bob Woodward. In a recording released today, the president told Woodward last May that he doesn't recall being warned that the pandemic would be catastrophic. Your new national security advisor, O'Brien, said January 28th, Mr. President, this virus is going to be the biggest national security threat to your presidency. Do you remember that? No, no. You don't? No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm sure if he said it. I'm sure he said it. Nice guy. You're going down the path of deceit and cover-up. Woodward himself is under fire today for not speaking out earlier. Bob Woodward had my quotes for many months, the president tweeted. If he thought they were so bad or dangerous, why didn't he immediately report them in an effort to save lives? He knew he had a book coming up. So why did he hold the information? Because this is how you make money on the book. Woodward says he wanted to verify what the president said before speaking out. The Woodward's book does not come out until Tuesday of next week. It is already number one on Amazon's bestseller list. Tonight is the night football fans have been waiting for as the NFL finally kicks off the new season in Kansas City. As the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the Houston Texans. But as Les Trump reports, things will look a lot different this year. Football is back, but the game is going to look a lot different. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. For one thing, no cheerleaders. Go Chiefs! 
And only 16,000 fans will be permitted inside Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City to watch, a stadium that normally seats 76,000. Nathan Vickers is a reporter with KCTV5. Arrowhead's going to have a reduced capacity this year, and even though there's only going to be 16,000 people in the stands, they say they're just going to cheer five times as loud. Other safety precautions are being taken. All fans will be required to wear face masks at all times. Social distancing will be enforced. Concession stands are cashless. Food will be served in closed containers. On the field, though, it's a different story. Football is a full-body contact sport, so social distancing obviously isn't possible. Neither is wearing a mask. So in an effort to contain any potential spread of the virus, players and coaches will be tested every day. With widespread protests over racial injustice across America, all eyes will be on how the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans will respond. Put your money on many of the players taking a knee during the national anthem, following the path blazed four years ago by Colin Kaepernick. The death of George Floyd has changed everything. One survey claims 56% of Americans say it is appropriate for athletes to kneel. The NFL announced the phrases, it takes all of us, and end racism will be painted in the end zones all through the season. This week, only three stadiums will be allowing a limited number of fans in the stands. That's Miami, Jacksonville, and Kansas City. As colleges around the country deal with COVID-19 outbreaks, health officials are now advising students who test positive to avoid going home. Instead, hunker down in their dorms. But what is it like to spend college days in quarantine? Amber Cagliano spoke with some students to find out. Freshman year for this student is turning into a real bummer. I tested positive for COVID-19 on September 4th. Fallon Trackman is now in quarantine. She is restricted to a dorm designated for COVID-19 students at Florida State University. More than 850 students and faculty have been diagnosed with the virus at the university. Now Fallon is recording what life under quarantine is like for her. Other students are doing the same, posting on TikTok. On today's episode of Fallon's Isolation. When Fallon was diagnosed, she was given the option of going home, but she chose to stay in her small dorm room. This is how I'm staying safe where I'm quarantining. This is where I do my Zoom classes. This is the fridge. My nice leftovers, some ketchup, my Brita water. You can order online from the dining hall and like we can look at the menu online and then they like pack it up and send it here in a big cooler and then we go down to the lobby at noon and five. Right now she says it's all on the honor system with no security monitoring her coming and going. It would definitely be good if someone was like keeping check on us but at the same time I don't really know how it would be possible since they would be in a building full of people with COVID. Across the country, more than 51,000 college students have tested positive for coronavirus, but there's no uniform guidance on what to do with infected students. And in many cases, there's no one to regularly check up on them at school. The lack of guidance has left students concerned and confused. Taylor Kosla and her roommate at Ohio State University says even though she tested positive, her school told her she did not have to quarantine and that she was no longer infectious because of the timeline of when she first developed her symptoms. Taylor still has a cough. <coughs> Concerned for others, she decided on her own to continue her quarantine, but at home, and she took her roommate with her. Have you heard from the school since you tested positive? It's hard to, like, 
I guess, get in contact with every student who tested positive because the numbers are just like rapidly increasing. But it still would have been nice just to have like someone contact me just like from like a mental aspect of things. College students have tested positive for COVID-19 in all 50 states. It was big news. New York City finally allowing indoor dining at restaurants, but with only 25 percent capacity. And while it is a step in the right direction, many restaurant owners feel it still won't generate enough revenue to stay afloat. We brought a group of owners together and found they're still not happy. These restaurant owners have had all they can stomach of the COVID-19 crackdown. Yesterday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said that restaurants in the city will finally be allowed to reopen for indoor dining, but only at 25% capacity. So are they happy about the announcement? No. At El Baco Restaurant in Queens, Inside Edition gathered these owners who all expressed concern about the 25% limit. Irene Sidorakis owns Kellogg's Diner in Brooklyn. My worst fears are coming true that I won't be able to provide a future for my children because they're not allowing me, not because I don't want to. They're not allowing me. Cheers! Cheers. New York City restaurants have been struggling to survive on outdoor dining only since June. Adding to the group's frustration, restaurants outside the city are allowed indoor dining at 50% capacity. Tina Opetasano manages Il Baco, her family's restaurant. Most restaurants cannot sustain with 25% capacity, especially once the, weather, you know, once the cold weather comes and you don't have the outdoor dining ability, you cannot sustain with 25%. Attorney James Mermigas says he is pressing ahead with a class action lawsuit against Cuomo and Mayor Bill de Blasio. I consider 25% an insult to my clients. It's a joke. It's a slap in our face once again. This is insane. If infection rates in New York City do not increase by November 1st, officials say restaurants may be able to go up to 50 percent capacity. This week marks the one-year anniversary of a boat fire off the coast of California that claimed 34 lives. Now one of the victims' families is on a mission to try to find out what went wrong. Here's Jim Murray. It's the emotional return to the harbor, one year after a horrific boat fire killed 34 souls. Tears flow as Heather Sawden remembers her sister, Christy Finstad, a marine biologist who loved the water. Heather was the big sister, but they could have been twins. Oh, I love my sister. We had such good times together. Dad Bill lovingly holds a heart-shaped stone with his daughter's name inscribed. It was Labor Day weekend last year when the Conception dive boat caught fire 25 miles off the coast of Southern California. Five crew members escaped, but couldn't reach the sleeping passengers surrounded by flames below deck. Video from an earlier trip shows the cramped conditions in the passengers' quarters. Christy Finstad owned the diving company that chartered the doomed trip. It was a company that her father had founded and had given to Christy when he retired. You almost took that trip instead of Christy. Yes. One year later, he is still racked with guilt. Did that haunt you after the accident? Oh, yeah, still does. Thank goodness I should have been on that trip. You know, I should have I should have been the one. Incredibly, one item recovered at sea was Christie's logbook. Look, it still contains a handwritten love letter from her dad. I love my intrepid traveler daughter. She is a strong and beautiful girl. It is so incredible that the FBI recovered this day planner and 
It didn't show signs of burn. One year after the tragedy that claimed 34 lives, the emotions are still raw for those left behind. Christie's sister believes she knows what caused the fire. In my opinion, the fire was caused by lithium ion batteries that were charging. I believe it will happen again. Lawyers representing the victims believe the fire began when camera equipment was being charged. In a preliminary report, the National Transportation Safety Board found that all the crew members were asleep when the fire broke out, something the boat owner denies. Government regulations mandate that commercial ships keep at least one crew member awake at all times. Next, Shark Team Today. There has been a shark attack. There's somebody in the water bleeding. The brave 17-year-old who lost a leg to a shark. What was it like going back to school? Plus, COVID-19 safety tips when checking into a hotel. Straight from someone who does it all the time. A flight attendant. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. What happens after the headlines? The nation was captivated by the story of a teenager attacked by a shark who was saved by her father, who fought the shark with his bare hands. But what's her life like today? She's the 17-year-old who lost a leg and two fingers in a shark attack 15 months ago. There has been a shark attack. There's somebody in the water bleeding. ABC's Robin Roberts has followed Paige Winter for an entire year for tonight's special, Shark Attack, the Paige Winter Story. Paige relives the moment that forever changed her life in a split second. Like it spit my hands out. I was like, ew, gross. And then like put my leg back in its mouth. Like this is what this is what I want. We also hear from her father. To hear them say that they have to take your kid's leg, God. It's been hard at times, but you can tell Paige is not one to give up easily. What do you want to say? Positively talking to celebrities. (laughs) (laughs) Paige was apprehensive about returning to school and how she would be treated. Am I allowed to hug you? Yes. All right, cool. You look so cute. Thanks. I ain't got no leg. You're still as gorgeous as always. She was even up for homecoming queen. Homecoming queen candidate Paige Winter. Paige's positive attitude is truly impressive. I was aware from the beginning, nothing's going to be the same ever again. Like, I'm this, I'm still, I'm still Paigey. Just a little different. Yes! Shark Attack, the Page Winter Story, will air tonight on ABC. And when we come back, how to stay safe at a hotel during the coronavirus pandemic. Advice from a well-traveled flight attendant. Coming up. How can you stay safe in a hotel these days? We spoke with someone who should know. Flight attendant Kat Kamalani has stayed at hundreds of hotels, even during the pandemic. I'm just checking in today. So who better to give us tips on how to check in safely? Rule number one, first thing first, when you're checking into a hotel, never say your hotel room number out loud. If you can do me a favor, too, when you give me my room key, can you just write my room number on instead of saying it out loud? This way, you won't get any unwanted visitors to your room. Once inside your room, lock the deadbolt. Then do a room inspection. I like to head into the bathroom, flip on the light switch, and then also look into the shower, make sure no one's in here. Before you jump on that bed, the first thing is you want to take all decorative pillows off 
They don't wash them. It's disgusting. Thousands of bodies have laid on here. So just take them off and throw them off to the side. Next, check for bed bugs. I also like to come down here on the corner of the bed and I pull up the sheets and check for bed bugs. You want to make sure you're looking at the inseams or tags. That's where they usually like to live. Here is a useful tip for that ice bucket. A little hack I have for you guys. If you don't have a refrigerator in your room, I like to fill this up with ice and then I put my food in it and keep it cold. And in the age of COVID-19, what about that dirty remote? One tip that I like to do is I get the ice bucket bag and I just throw it right on and then you have a clean remote. And when we come back, Grandma's little helper. Someone's hungry. This future chef likes sampling all the ingredients. The sugar. Don't eat the brown sugar. The eggs. That's raw egg. Even the flour? Grandma can't stop him. Finally, the dish is ready. Dig in, Cookie Monster. And that is Inside Edition. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.